0: folks welcome back to the colorado switchblade i'm your host jason van tate as always and it's a sunny beautiful fall day all of the aspens have started turning gold here in the estes valley and it's just one of my favorite times of year i'm so i'm so glad we're done with the uh oh the the mordor days of summer and um moving into the fall. Well, we got we got two things we're going to be talking about today. The first of which is just an update from the town, not the best of news coming from the uh the study session last night. Um and uh yeah, it's it, a town board study session happened last night. Um the the main item was uh, some new information on the bidding that opened up on the loop. But we're going to get to that um, in a little bit here. Uh, the other thing we're going to be doing, something much more fun than talking about um, town trustee board meetings and um, and uh, CDOT construction programs that, oh, they may be, yeah, the, the loop may be bust. So we're going to talk about something a little bit more fun after, after we get to that update. Um, we're going to be talking about, Magic mushrooms in the state of Colorado because it's coming up for a vote on the Tuesday, November eighth, twenty twenty two, statewide election. So we're gonna go over what what is actually it is that we're we're voting on. We're gonna break down the uh, the uh, the analysis of of what's being proposed and uh then we're gonna just talk about magic mushrooms, like for those of you who may not know you know what we're just gonna break it down a little bit and and talk about it. it's kind of a a your guide your your northern Colorado ss Park guide to magic mushrooms um since it it may very well be something that uh we are uh legalizing here pretty quick, and we're gonna talk about you know it's not like you're just gonna be able to to walk into a Starbucks and buy mushrooms, it's it's not gonna be quite like that. So uh, we're gonna talk about that as well. Um, man, just catching up, what, what have I had going on? So uh, last week was kinda busy, I had to fly down to um, Phoenix, Arizona, where I was um, asked to film a commercial, first for me, a political commercial, um, talking about the state secretary race but uh, that was something that I, I actually felt pretty strongly about. So I went ahead and did it. And uh, so that I'm sure I'll get a link to that soon enough. Um, what else happened? I had a, a film crew from, um, oh, from Holland, from the Netherlands came out, award-winning um, uh, filmmaker um, Levy is this his last name, Gideon Levy, who's, He's won several humanitarian awards. He wanted to come out and talk to me. So out filming that. And then uh, what else? Oh, I'm going to be uh, me flying out to L.A., Hollywoodland, um, end of the month. So I've been on Michael Cohen's podcast, Maya Copa, And, um, you know, we we had a great conversation. I posted it here um, a couple times where you can find the link to uh, that particular episode. But Michael Cohen is currently taking his his podcast which is you know just it's, it's huge right now i think it's in the top 10 uh top political podcasts of in the world right now on uh apple podcasts and and wherever you find your podcast but he's he's uh doing a live show at the el ray theater that they're going to there's going to be a full audience and then there's going to be um uh, a live streaming event as well. I believe I'm not sure about the streaming thing, but it'll certainly be on YouTube after, um, and being filmed. And uh, Kathy Griffith, Griffin, uh, the um, the comic you may remember, she's the one who uh, had that controversy when Trump was first elected using a uh, fake Trump head, and uh, she's going to be there. Uh, former Attorney General uh, is also going to be there, and some other surprise guests. And uh, I will be one of those speakers up on stage with Michael Cohen. So if you're in uh, the L.A. area right around November 1st, you can get tickets now. Um, so, yeah, that's that's what I got going on right now. So I'm going to fly out, spend uh, spend Halloween um, in Hollywood. I've never done anything like that before. It sounds like there's a lot of potential for a um, a Hunter S Thompson, like article to come out of the experience. So, um, I'm going to just see where the, the night takes me. All right. So let's talk about the loop. Actually, before we do that, I always forget this. Let's, let's, I want to thank my sponsors, the, uh, the real mountain theater and the historic park theater, um, both of which help make this podcast possible. So if when you're in SS park and you're looking for something to do, uh, the days winding down, or uh, just you're you're just sick of uh, going on the hikes that your your significant other maybe uh, pushing you to do, and you've just had enough, and you want to sit and just zone out. Well, go catch a movie in town at the historic park theater or the real mountain theater here in Estes Park, Colorado. All right, so let's talk about the loop. For those of you who don't know what the loop is, it is the Federal Lands Access Program, or FLAP, and it is a grant that would fund a, at a $17.2 million cost, including um, $4.2 million in matching funds from the town of Estes Park um, after they assumed responsibility for parts of Elkhorn Avenue, previously maintained by the Colorado Department of Transportation. Um. So, uh, this is something that has been just highly contentious here in town. Um, a lot of people wanted it put to the voters to decide that was not the case. There are a lot of people who feel that was, uh, uh, not, not put up for the voters. Um, there are people that feel it wasn't the right you know, venue that it, you know, that, that town trustees are elected to take on hard decisions. So, Um, it's just, it's been a very contentious issue. And I can tell you that, um, you know, there have been businesses that have already been, uh, destroyed because of this. Uh, we had the, the donut house, their physical building has already been torn down the tiki bar that used to be, um, here in town that I loved owned by a a small family. They had built it. It was a husband and wife and their kids that, that ran it. And it was it was an amazing spot. You could sit right on the river and um, have a drink. And and you know when the the river was really going and it was you know a full moon night, it was just one of the best places in town to get a drink. And uh, just love the vibe. They had a hot dog joint there for a little bit too. Um, but you know there are people who've lost their 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 cabins, um, kind of back behind the post office already because of this. And now. We got an update yesterday because the, the the bidding process was supposed to begin in September, and that happened. And unfortunately, well, I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna say what happened. I'm gonna let the guy who gave the update to the um the town trustees last night in the study session. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let him say it in his own words, and I think you can find that there's there's a lot of disappointment. Things did not go as the town had hoped with the bids that were received. So let's just listen to that really quickly. And um, then we're going to move on to Magic Mushrooms. Okay, we are on air, and this is our town board study session. Today's date is October eleventh, 2022. It's 5.30, and we'd like to begin with the downtown loop update. Director Mahonan. May to turn your mic on, please. There
1: we go. Good evening, Mayor and trustees. Uh, thanks for the chance to come here and, and talk to you tonight about the downtown Estes Loop. I'm Here solo tonight, our federal and state partners are are, are not with us tonight. Uh, today, the today the uh, long-awaited event happened. The bids, the bid opening occurred at one o'clock this afternoon, and I received uh, an email from uh, Federal Highways just before two o'clock. And what what I received is uh, preliminary numbers, essentially the numbers from the bids that they were opened uh, that were open today. And uh, keep in mind their preliminary results uh, they were surprising it triggered really a, a, a number of questions in, in our minds when I say our minds it was uh, Neil Neil Ogden and myself talking on the phone um, really um, were some of the questions that we're asking were you know we, we need to see the itemized tabulation what we opened is, is total numbers um, that were submitted, we need to understand why the the values were where they are and why the number of bidders uh, ended up where it is. So let me tell you what we know. Um, Two bids were received. Uh, The low bid was $27 million. That exceeded the budget and the engineer's estimate, which was 15.7 million. So the lowest bid exceeded the, the budget by $11.3 million. Um, I mentioned that, that, uh, federal highways wasn't uh, able to be here tonight. And the primary reason for that is the project manager is gathering his, his uh, colleagues this afternoon and they're evaluating options on what do we do with this information? So next steps, We have, again, two bids both over budget and uh, those are preliminary numbers. What they do, uh, the same thing that we do in our bid evaluations, they go through the bids in detail. So there are dozens of individual unit costs and multiplied by quantities that were estimated by the engineering team. And then that's all totaled up to a total bid and they just uh, really read the two numbers from from the two bids today. And so their team needs to evaluate the bids and confirm whether or not there are errors. And if they confirm that the bids received were accurate, then Federal Highways, CDOT, and the town need to collaborate and talk about what's next. So Neil didn't want to come up here tonight and just give you that information without giving you any options, excuse me, on what to do next. So they're working on that. And uh, we're gonna have uh, some, some discussion. And once we have some options ready uh, to present to you, then we'll be scheduling a follow-up discussion to, to talk through those. Okay. That's as much as I know for tonight. Not the news I wanted to bring. We're all discouraged by that, um, but we have a lot more to learn uh, before we can draw really any conclusions for going forward. Okay. Thank you. So, how long ago were the original <clears throat> preliminary engineering estimates prepared? Probably three months ago. Okay. So the uh, the engineering estimate was not performed by an individual; it's performed by first the consultant and then evaluated by the construction team from Federal Highways. So I'm I'm not i'm confident that it was a sound estimate and it's it's surprising and bewildering why the bids were so far afield from the engineer's estimate particularly knowing that the team went through recently and did an update based on the knowledge they had of current construction conditions so there's some big questions there that need to be understood and i think some dialogue with the bidders would be in order um, I suggested to CFL that they they contact the bidders and, and learn learn some of the reasons why yeah so a lot more to learn before we can talk about where we go from here thank you you bet
0: all right well that's the update on the loop that was the big news coming from the uh, the town board meeting last night so let's move on to something that isn't like as exciting as department of transportation issues and yeah i think it's time to get to something a little bit more fun okay so proposition 122 which is entitled access to natural psychedelic substances um was placed on the ballot by citizen initiative and will pass with a majority vote um so Proposition 122 proposes amending Colorado statutes to, by late 2024, it will allow the supervised use of psychedelic mushrooms by individuals aged 21 and over at licensed facilities and require the state to create a regulatory structure for the operation of these licensed facilities. It will allow the state to expand the types of substances that may be used in licensed facilities To include the use of additional plant-based psychedelic substances, including DMT, which I'm not going to try to pronounce the the scientific name for that, ibogaine, or mescaline, starting in 2026. Decriminalization of personal possession, growing, sharing, and use, but not the sale of five natural psychedelic substances by individuals aged 21 and over, including two substances found in psychedelic mushrooms. Psilocybin, psilocybin and psilocybin. I mean, they always sound the same to me. They're not the same, but I always like, yeah. Psilocybin and psilocybin. I think that's it. I always get it wrong. I always mispronounce these. Um, And three plant-based psychedelic substances, uh, the DMT, the ibogaine, and mescaline. It will allow local governments to regulate the time, place, and manner of operation of these facilities while prohibiting local governments from banning licensed facilities, services, and use of natural psychedelic substances and will establish penalties for individuals under the age of 21 for possessing, using, or transporting natural psychedelic substances, and for individuals age 21 and over who allow underage access to these substances. So what your vote will mean, if you vote yes on Proposition 122, a yes vote on this proposition requires the state to establish a a regulated system for accessing psychedelic mushrooms, and if approved by the regulatory regulating state agency additional plant-based psychedelic substances and de- decriminalizes the possession and use of psychedelic mushrooms and certain psychedelic plant-based substances in Colorado law for individuals age 21 and over. If you vote no on Proposition 1 22, that means that the possession and use of psychedelic mushrooms and other plant-based psychedelic substances will remain illegal under state law. So what is the summary and analysis for Proposition 122? So what does the measure do? The measure allows individuals age 21 and older to use five specific types of natural psychedelic substances. Specifically, the measure covers the two chemicals found in psychedelic mushrooms, as I just said, um, and the three other plant-based, ibogaine, mescaline, and DMT. Psychedelic substances can alter a person's consciousness, mood, and awareness of their surroundings. Personal use. Upon passage of the measure, psychedelic mushrooms and the other plant-based psychedelic substances will be decriminalized in state law. Um, And and people who are over 21 will be able to grow, possess, share, and use them. Personal use does not allow for the sale of psychedelic mushrooms and other plant-based psychedelic substances. So the measure also requires the state to establish a regulated system for licensed facilities to offer supervised use of psychedelic mushrooms for those over 21. And that'll begin in 2024. Um, Starting in 2026, the state may choose to expand this type of substances that may be used at these facilities to include additional plant-based psychedelic substances. Um, Currently these substances are uh, all listed all the all of the substances listed in this measure are schedule 1 controlled substances under federal and state law schedule 1 controlled substances are defined as drugs with no currently accepted medical use and a high potential for abuse if the measure is approved the state will no longer treat these substances as illegal drugs for the purposes of state criminal law however they will remain illegal under federal law, much like marijuana currently is. The measure does not decriminalize the possession or use of peyote, a type of mescaline. Federal law already permits the use of peyote by certain Native American tribes for ceremonial purposes. Um, So the real question is, do, do these substances have medical uses, legitimate medical uses? And currently research is being done on the potential medical uses of psychedelic mushrooms and other plant-based psychedelic substances for treating depression, post-traumatic stress disorder, substance abuse disorders, and other mental health disorders. The U.S. Food and Drug Administration, the FDA, has designated psychedelic mushrooms as nothing less than a breakthrough therapy for treating depression. Breakthrough therapy designation is used to speed up the research development and review of a drug when it may offer substantial improvements over existing treatments. The other plant-based psychedelic substances permitted for personal use under the measure have been the subject of research and their potential benefits. However, the FDA has not approved them for any specific medical use. How will the regulate these substances here in Colorado if it passes? Well, the Department of Regulatory Agencies, DORA, those are the people in charge of uh, making sure your, your barber is licensed and all up to date, um, is the state agency charged with regulating activities involving psychedelic mushrooms and other plant-based psychedelic substances for individuals 21 and older. Specifically, it will manage the licensing and registration for facilities where supervised use will occur, as well as people who are licensed to facilitate the use of them at licensed facilities. DORA will also regulate related businesses such as cultivation, cultivators and uh, product manufacturers. Additionally, DORA is tasked with protecting consumers, developing public education campaigns, making recommendations to the state legislature regarding the potential for off-site use of natural psychedelic substances received at regulated facilities, and providing data on the implementation and outcomes of the program. Licensed facilities and related businesses will be required to pay a licensing fee to cover the cost of regulating these businesses. Under the measure, local governments can regulate the time, place, and manner of operation of these facilities, Local governments can ban or prohibit licensed facilities or ban or prohibit the personal use of psychedelic mushrooms and other plant-based psychedelic substances in their communities. So here, I I got a prediction. The people of Estes Park are not going to be okay with a mushroom dispensary, seeing as how we still have to drive down to the valley just to get some marijuana. I mean, come on, folks. It's like red wine. Let us have some marijuana here. Uh, just, it, it, we don't want to have to, what if you had to deal with the Taurus just driving to get your bottle of red wine you have with after dinner and, and just every time you ha- wanted to get a glass of wine or a beer, you had to drive and deal with the Taurus. Anyway, I, I digress. Uh, the measure also establishes a 15-member advisory board appointed by the governor. The board is charged with making regulatory and policy recommendations to DORA, other affected state agencies, and state legislature. What restrictions does the measure place on the use of the substances? The measure states that it is not intended to allow the sale of psychedelic mushrooms or other plant-based psychedelic substances for personal use, um, allow driving under the influence of these substances, permit use in school, public building, or public place, permit underage access, or require an employer to permit the use of these substances in the workplace. What are the criminal penalties and legal protections of the measure? The measure impacts criminal penalties in several ways. First, it establishes specific penalties for individuals under the age of 21 who possess or use natural psychedelic substances, as well as penalties for people who allow underage access when cultivating these substances. Penalties range from requiring drug counseling to a $250 fine. In addition, the measure states that the removal and reduction of criminal penalties apply retroactively to someone who has already been convicted of an offense that would be decriminalized under the measure. That's an important point right there, folks. Um, You know, Maybe, you know, someone who got busted for having uh, some mushrooms and this is going to maybe make their life a little better. Uh, We've seen this with uh, people who were busted with marijuana. I mean, Joe Biden just literally tried to or is is trying to push for uh, the same sort of thing with marijuana convictions nationally. Individuals who have completed their sentence may file a petition to the courts to have their criminal records sealed at no cost. Selling natural psychedelic substances outside the the licensed supervised use facility shall, well, will remain illegal. The measure also offers protections for people who use psychedelic psychedelic mushrooms and other plant-based psychedelic substances, including, but not limited to, protections from professional discipline, Loss of a professional license or denial of eligibility for public benefits, unless required by federal law. For more information on these issue committees that support or oppose a measure on the ballot on November 8, 2022, go to the Colorado Secretary of State Election Center website uh, hyperlink for ballot and initiative information, and I'll put a put a link in on the show notes for that so you can check it out. Um, so yeah, like, man, I say it all the time. Colorado is really, you know, we, we really are pushing a lot of these, these changes that people in Colorado anyway, want to see, you know, we were the first to legalize marijuana. And, um, so this is a, this is a big deal. This is us moving the right direction, getting away from, you know, this mass incarceration for, uh things like mushrooms and marijuana. They're, they're much better uh, life experiences for, for people um, that, that choose to use these substances than spending it in jail. Um, all right, so let's talk a little bit about magic mushrooms in general because I really do believe this is a pretty good thing. Um, <clears throat> I think they're safe. I think that they do just amazing things. For PTSD, for uh, depression, for a whole host of mental health issues, and we are in a mental health crisis right now. Um, if you live up here and you've tried to get in with a therapist, it is—it's insane. Um. So, let's just talk in general. So, so back in May of 2019, Denver passed a ballot measure decriminalizing silo, silo, psilocybin I always get it wrong every time I get it wrong Uh, mushrooms more commonly known as magic mushrooms Um, it passed by a narrow majority and Denver residents voting on what was ordinance 301 declared the adult possession and use of mushrooms would become the city's lowest law enforcement priority further prohibiting the city from spending resources and, um, you know, just penalizing their use. Um, the city council of Oakland, California passed similar resolution, uh, less than a month later, uh, similar to marijuana, uh, which had been decriminalized or legalized in several States. Um, and is just continuing to grow. Um, but, uh, of course it's, still illegal at this point on the federal level, but we're seeing things change. I mean, as I said earlier, Uh, President Biden is pushing for, um, uh, you know, to to get the people who who were busted with a joint out of jail. Um, But the difference between the pot and the mushroom really is that unlike pot, which literally about half the population of the United States with uh, 22 million people about uh, reporting cannabis usage. Um, the, uh, that that mushrooms are are really taken by a relatively low percentage of the population comparatively, with only about 0.1 percent of respondents um, in, in a survey uh, reporting uh, psychedelic category usage, which includes um, the LSD, peyote, MDMA, um, and uh, mescaline uh, use within the past year. Um, in 2010, approximately 21 million Americans had tried magic mushrooms at least once in their life. So, what are they? Well, I mean, magic mushrooms really is just uh, a, a term for uh, a member of the fungi family that contains psilocybin, a chemical compound which, when uh, digested uh, into psilocin, produce psychedelic experiences and that is that means it's an altered state of consciousness um and uh so the most common ones sold in the united states include uh psilocybe I'm not, i'm just not going to be able to pronounce these folks um, and those are found throughout North America. I mean, they just grow. They grow. I remember being in high school and like we'd go out looking in the cow fields on the cow patties because they just pop up. Um, and uh, so they, they grow all over the place and they've been used by human society for thousands of years. Uh, I mean, they're featured in prehistoric art in in both Europe and South Mesoamerica, South America. Um, the. Uh, the use of hallucinogenic mushrooms in America specifically was, uh, you know, kind of kind of crushed out of existence by the Catholic missionaries during the Spanish conquest, um, but then continued to be used in indigenous ceremonies in Mexico. Um, in 1957, Life magazine published the account of two ethno mitocologists. Um, people who study mushrooms, who participate in just such a ceremony. And it was revealed in 2016 that their expedition was funded in part, or totally possibly, by the CIA's Project MKUltra. And a year later, Albert Hoffman, the Swiss chemist who first synthesized LSD, isolated the psychedelic component in uh, psilocybin. Um, Of course, mushrooms have been popularized uh through the nineteen sixties um by the uh the leaders in that kind of um that tripping community, you know, Dr. Timothy Leary, Terrence McKenna, and then Robert Anton Wilson, who's an author. I used to read his uh Illuminati, Illuminati trilogy. Um at at low doses, shrooms can change your sense of perception, uh, often warps what you see visually. Uh, or overlays visual perception with repetitive geometric shapes, altering color and changing how sounds are perceived. The hallucinogenic effects include auras around light, breathing surfaces and after images or tracers as people know them. Um, higher doses can certainly uh, distort the cognizance of time and space and give the user a kind of a, Uh, a sense of melding in with, with the environment and the universe in general. Um, So, but they, uh, and there are bad trips. Um, One of the, the way, one of the big telltale signs that someone may be on a trip, magic mushroom trip is, is dilated pupils. Um, So what are the benefits? What are the benefits of magic mushrooms? Why are we looking at this? Um, So just just in in the research that's been done lately. um, Mushrooms have have shown that they can aid in the treatment of depression. I mean, that's the big one. That's a 500 pound gorilla. Um, Also eating disorders and addiction. But the study of psychedelics and their their use in medicine and psychology, it's, it's just starting out because it's just, because it's been a schedule one drug, there hasn't been able to be very much in the way of actual scientific research. So um, that's changing, and there's been a large investment into um, companies that are now doing that research. So, you know, the the United States war on drugs really stunted that for us. Um, however, shrooms have shown promise in combination with psychotherapy, um, and and they can produce almost spiritual benefits similar to meditation or other mystical experiences through comparing subjective effects, um, and that that's not always. Easily quantifiable. But there was a study in 2006 by uh, Ronald Griffiths, published in the Journal of Psychopharmacology, that found that users reported joy and extreme happiness with elevations in how participants rated their positive attitudes, mood, social effects, and behavior. Even two months after consuming, Mushrooms, volunteers reported, increases in a variety of mysticism and states of consciousness categories, including sacredness, intuitive knowledge, transcendence of time and space, deep felt positive mood, and ineffability. 67% of the 36 patients in the trial study described their experience with magic mushrooms as either the single most meaningful experience of his or her life or among the top five most meaningful experiences of his or her life, ranking it similarly to the birth of a first child in one's family. None of the participants rated the experience with mushrooms as uh, having in any way decreased their sense of well-being or life satisfaction. There were some follow-up studies that they published in 2011 and 2017. Griffith found permanent positive effects of psilocybin use. Uh, including uh, a, a heightened sense of openness, gratitude, forgiveness, coping, and, and death transcendence, particularly when combined with other spiritual practices like meditation. However, at least one of the listed effects failed to replicate in a subsequent study. Um, uh, the, the, the more important studies really show that mushrooms can reduce depression in cancer patients and treat cigarette addiction better than pharmaceutical products like Chantix. So how do they work? And, and just so you know, I'm, I'm gaining this information. I'm, I'm, I'm using a couple different articles. The main one that I'm, I'm kind of pulling from is a Newsweek article that I will put the link in. Um, it's written by Andrew Wallen. But I thought it was a really good little piece and, and kind of a, a starting place for, for what I wanted to talk about. So how do they work? Well. It turns out that the psilocybin in in the mushrooms becomes psilocin in the human body, which binds with the serotonin receptors in the brain, particularly the receptor 5-HT2C, which regulates the release of neurotransmitter chemicals related to appetite, cognition, anxiety, imagination, learning, memory, mood, and perception. It also increases activity in the visual cortex while decreasing the part of the brain responsible for ego, or individual sense of self, um, you know, and and <sighs> you know how we talk about um, when when people come to visit Colorado, um, they have that Colorado pot experience because they're real excited that it's, it's legal to come get marijuana here, and they go to the they go to the um, dispensary and they either get a very high potent uh, THC percentage edible or, or flour, And then they later on that night, you know, you get the frantic call that they think they're dying. And of course they're not because you, you just can't die on marijuana. Um, and, and to be fair, mushrooms are, are actually a little bit safer from what I've heard, um, than marijuana. So, so there's some tips for, for people that may be, uh, looking to try this, if it becomes legal course, we can't do that if it doesn't pass. So don't even think it, folks. Don't even think it if this doesn't pass. Um, you know, the first thing you want to do is find someone that kind of has done it before, been through a trip, and and make get a chaperone. You know, make sure that you've got someone that knows the uh, knows the ropes, so to say. Um, you know, the the typical dosage sold on the recreational black market is about 3.5 grams or an eighth of an ounce um and that's it's usually like a finger worth across a sandwich bag i'm getting that from the newsweek article I, i i don't have any personal experience with that of course um however uh the research at john hopkins university school of medicine um has has their research has, has said that maybe first-time users should consider starting with a smaller dose. And I, I think that's good. I think you should um, definitely always start smaller, gradually increasing dosages, um, you know, month by month. Um, eat before. Um, appetites tend to, to be suppressed during a magic mushroom trip. So um, eating a meal two or an hour or so before is advisable. Um, a lot of times people are not going to like the taste. They do not taste like uh, a morel that's been sauteed up. Um, there are plenty of Reddit threads out there on um, on how to uh, make things taste a little bit better. Um, a lot of times you can grind it up like in an electric coffee grinder or a mortar and pestle and prepare a tea by steeping them in boiling water and filtering Um, and, um, yeah, that tends to really help. Uh, a lot of people get that, you know, they, they get real nauseous. They want to puke. And that's typically within the first hour. Um, both vomiting and stomach cramps are common. It's a lot less when you use the tea. Um, and you can also put them into a capsule as well. Grind them up, put them in a capsule. Um, it can take between 30 minutes and an hour to begin feeling the effects of the mushrooms. Peak is usually experienced, I don't know, two, three hours is what they say. Um, so, yeah. And then just, you know, stay... You want to have activities that are going to be on the... on your creative side, using your, your artist side out there. Um, don't let anyone else set your expectations. And, um, you know, if you start having a back trip change up your, whatever it is you're doing. Uh, Sleep, after about seven hours, most people have a a come down from their magic mushroom trip. It is at, oh, the seven hour point that John Hopkins uh, study says uh, really is when you can start to sleep again. And uh, that sleeping is kind of indicating when you can return to normal activities. Um, But still, residual effects may remain um, and again, are magic mushrooms safe? And yes, according to this newsweek article, mushrooms are among the safest recreational drugs based on reported rates of emergency medical treatment. They're safer than MDMA. They're safer than tobacco, safer than cocaine, alcohol, and cannabis. Um, really, the, the the side effects include our, what the, the, what we said: nausea, and vomiting, drowsiness lack of coordination, and heightened blood pressure. Um, Toxicity is very low, making it almost impossible to overdose on shrooms. I mean, like literally the average person would need to eat several pounds to then begin to get close to fatal toxicity. Um, And really the the biggest danger is uh, people who try to pick their magic mushrooms and make incorrect identifications, you know, do not go out to the cow fields. And, and just see what mushrooms are growing on the cow patties. Not a good idea. That's why we want to have good regulated outlets. Um, interactions with other drugs really are not well studied. Um, and uh, yeah, you definitely want to... Um, well, I mean, antidepressants, SSRIs, tricyclics, MAO inhibitors um, have been reported to reduce... Or then, at times, increase psychedelic effects. So you need to be careful if you're on antidepressants or St. John's Wort. Then, um, yeah, and if you've got a family uh, history of psychotic disorders like schizophrenia, uh, similar to cannabis, you don't want to. Uh, there, there is a link between use and mental illness, um, so you just want to be aware of that. Um, good news, they are not addictive at all. They are neither physically nor mentally addictive. Um, the active chemicals uh, produce short-term tolerances and users, which diminish uh, with repeated dosing. You can't, you, you, yeah. I mean, if you try taking mushrooms for like three days in a row, every day you take it, it's going to be a diminished uh, result in, in the effects. So, yeah. And um, right now, Denver, um, Oakland, and uh, Oregon, uh, Seattle, I think, as well. It, it, it's, it's getting there. Again, we're, we're on the front lines as far as this legalization goes. Um, I'm going to put the, uh, the link in for the Newsweek article. It's a great article. Um, again, that's by author Andrew Wallen. And uh, so I'll put that up. And I hope you enjoyed our little uh, trip of learning on the magic of magic mushrooms. All right, folks, that's going to be it for today. I'm going to be going over some more of the ballot initiatives. I just thought that would be the perfect one to start with um, later on uh, this week. And uh, keep keep covering some of the local news as they, it, as it uh, transpires. So I'm sure we'll hear an update on the loop here soon enough and what's going to happen with that, just that huge gap in funding. I hope those uh, those homes and businesses didn't get destroyed for nothing. I'm sure they're going to figure it out. I mean, they always do. At this point, they're just going to they're going to pony up the cash if they have to. Um, and you know, traffic is is a serious issue. I mean, we get so many people through. All right, that's it. I'm going to quit rambling at you. I'm Jason Van Tadenhoe, and once again, you've been listening to the Colorado Switchblade.